0: wonderful to be with you guys and I trust this morning more than impart a good content message I want to impart something that's active that you can take out of here and with you and I trust that it's able to enable you to achieve things that you've not been able to achieve before. So is there anyone here that grows roses and it's the lady that's just been up here. <laughs> going to start with the scripture, Hebrews 11 and verse 1. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. If you've ever grown roses, so there's one person that's grown roses and nobody else, you'll know a little bit of what I'm talking about. This, one of the things that I'm going to start with. And one of the things that we start with, faith is something you do because you know what the end result's going to be. You do it now so that you know what's going to happen there. And uh, so when you plant roses, well, I, I haven't been very successful here in Cape Town because the sand is terrible. You put water and it just disappears. But up in Gauteng was where I had success in growing roses. The first thing you do is you'd, roses require a lot of water, which is not a problem down here in Cape Town anymore. It was at one stage when I tried to grow roses. But uh, you dig a, like a little furrow around it, and you fill that thing up almost every second or third day. And what you'll find is when you fill that thing up, you get these little beetles that actually drowned and come to the top. And they want to destroy your roses. So you're able to take them out and take them in your fingers and go... <smart noise> Patsy does that to snails in her aloes. She goes... <smart noise> Except they're a bit bigger. Like aloes <smart noise> do well down here. And then the next thing you do is at the end of winter, July, August time, you begin to prune your roses. So you cut off all the dead stuff off your rose. And when you cut it off, you can't just leave it. I used to borrow a bottle of Patty's uh, nail varnish. And each tip, as you cut it, you put that nail varnish on there. Otherwise, the bugs go into that thing. And and you you can actually watch it. The rose dies down. So then you need to cut it again and put that stuff on. The next thing you have to do is... uh, if you'll find a rose is like a bush at, uh, at this time of the year, and what you need to do is cut all the, the, the branches that are growing inward. Because you get a whole lot of them They grow inward instead of growing outward. You cut those off too, because your rose needs air to blow through there for to to thrive. And so this morning, while you're doing that, is you are thinking, I'm going to get roses. And I bought the roses, the colors that my wife liked. So I would get the opportunity, not long after the end, uh, end of August, sept- during September, during spring, to cut those roses and come in and give them to my wife. And there was <laughs> it was, it makes me emotional. But she, she always, she loved it. And so all the work that I had to do getting that rose right so that I could cut it and give it to my wife was I enjoyed that moment. I really like, yes. And now, guys, that's what your faith is like. You just got married like Gunther and Laura. Need lots of faith. Um, But you start this marriage off and you you begin to put the, the boundaries in place. And you think boundaries, are constrictive. No, no. When you first get married, if you want success, you put some boundaries in place. Well, I know in our marriage, we had to sit down and decide who was going to do what. This is your role. You take the rubbish out. I'll make the tea. You make the coffee. So we divided those things up. Because before we did that, we had chaos. We'd have people over for supper, and we'd be having supper, and Patty would say to me, you make the coffee. And i said, no, you make the coffee. And we're like, we're leading in the church. Not, we weren't the lead elders at that stage, but we were not doing well with coffee and tea, and people would leave thinking, you're. So can you imagine what they thought, you know what's going to end up? Yeah. And so we need to, when, when we prepare everything in our life, we get it ready because of what we see down the road. That's why the word says, train up your children in the ways of God. You're seeing that end result. If you don't train your children, you're not gonna have a happy life once they get to teenager age. But if you've done a good job, it's a blessing. It's like roses, it's it's like flowers, there's an aroma. Those kids carry. My, my two grandchildren that are with me this morning, they, they are incredible. They are delightful. Ants is getting one grandchild. I've got seven. So I should have actually come up and prayed for Ants, but he, he doesn't want seven at this moment. He'll, he'll, he'll practice on one. I want to tell you, grandchildren are the best. Because when they give you a hassle, you give them back to the parents. And you enjoy the good times and you give them back during the bad times. So we relate to God by faith. Have you seen God? Have you heard God? Some I've heard God. I've heard His audible voice. But I've never seen Him. But we've got to, by faith, we relate to Him. Yes, He's there. He hears us. We speak to Him. We, we, we are constantly speaking to him. And I, I hope you guys are doing that. And you know what? If you can't in your, your minds are see God and hear God, you're not going to speak to him. Because you're going to think, no, this is a waste of time. But if you've got the sense, I serve a living God. I, I'm, I'm speaking to a living God. And so we need that sort of faith in our life. And we relate to God through faith, what we believe, what uh, we confess with our lips. So your confession needs to be, God has risen from the dead. My youngest son, I've got three sons. My youngest son has backslidden, doesn't serve the Lord anymore. And he'll say to me, Dad, I know there was a Jesus because the historical facts can't be denied. Jesus walked on the face of the earth. But he said, I haven't had a revelation of Jesus Christ. So I want to ask you this morning, have you had a revelation? Have, have, has, ha, have you had him imprinted on your heart? I don't know if you remember the story of Peter where uh, Jesus says to Peter, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And then Jesus said, this has not been revealed to you by man but by God alone. Guys, when people stand at the front and they tell you, oh, I'm going to give you a revelation, only God can do that. He can use what that person says to give you a revelation, but that person on their own cannot give you a revelation. Sorry, I need to drink lots of water when I preach. You know, I'm full of faith. I take cholesterol medication, so it dries my mouth up. And I don't not dare. I've had a triple bypass. So I'm, I don't mess around with cholesterol. No blocking of the veins for me anymore. I'm not doing that route again. So, have you had a revelation? Have has he revealed him? Has he? You know that Jesus rose from the dead, guys. I want I want to tell you, Jesus is not on the cross anymore. He's not in the grave anymore. He's come out of there. He's alive, seated at the right hand of the Father. You need to know that this morning. It needs to be something that no matter what anyone says to you, you know that Jesus Christ has risen. How's it, Nikki? I haven't said out to you for a long time. Oh, here we go. It'll be easier. I'll walk around with my sword. So faith is not merely intellectual assent. It's not something in our head, but it's something in James where it says, you show your faith by what you do. What does that mean? This week, I got called out to go and see a lady in our church that was busy dying. She had been in church on Sunday. On Thursday, was it Thursday, but Wednesday. On Wednesday, as I looked into her face, she took her last breath. And I was praying, guys. I was there. I was trying to see what God was going to, but it's amazing. As I turned to go and call her daughter, because her daughter had gone outside, the, the nurses closed the curtains, and she died. Who has actually looked into someone's face when they die? You know what the first thing that happens? Their tongue goes black. It's terrible, guys. It really isn't. Uh, Nicky's Nick is a nurse, so I'm pretty sure she's got and Jenny as well, so I'm pretty sure they've got experience. But she did. She went peacefully. she was a she was a a, a daughter of the king. The last thing she said to her daughter, as she was getting really, what happened was she got an obstruction in her bowel and all her organs just started to close down. And the last thing she said to her daughter, call Roland and Patty. Call them. Tell them to come. So we were able to pray for her, the daughter. And so I've asked, ants uh, to come and do the funeral this week because people got saved when he did the funeral. and I haven't, I haven't got faith for that. <laughs> uh, Lord. But you know what? I can do her funeral with confidence. I know where she is now. I know where she is now. I've done funerals where I don't know the person where they are now. That is difficult. Because how do you offer hope when you know that somebody hasn't gone to heaven? So when we speak of faith, we all know the story of Mark 9 where the Father actually says to Jesus, Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Help me to overcome it. And so this morning, if you're sitting here and you're in a place of, oh, I'm not sure about this or what, you ask God, please help my unbelief. Let me tell you, that question actually shows that you have faith. That shows that you have faith. And, you know, Jesus is not looking for an excuse to find fault with your faith. He's wanting to provide opportunities So that he can move through your life. That's why this morning I want you, when when you leave here, I want you to leave looking for opportunities. You don't have to wait till people die. But you, you can pray wherever you go for whoever you can. Sometimes we say we've got faith. But you know what? Our faith is in our ability. I've got faith in God's faithfulness that he won't let me down. Shame, we had a moment. You you have moments when you go through these things, and we go to visit my son, whose two daughters are here. And he says, Mom, because her mother is 86. He says, Mom, you can't go to sleep at 86 and say, what am I going to do for the next five years? Like most of us can. I don't want to say you could wake up dead because that's like a contradiction, but you could not wake up. I trust every one of us is sitting here this morning. If we don't wake up, yeah, we wake up there. I'm trusting that this morning. Faith is the surrender of a human heart to God's faithfulness towards us. Ephesians 2, eight, for it. Is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Faith is a gift from God. It's not something you can make and conjure up and spend time in prayer and fast and all those things. You know what? You can't bend God's arm. You can't. But by grace you can reach out to Him and have an expectation that He will move through your life. Faith grows. Faith grows. Guys, the more and more you practice faith, your faith begins to grow. I'll tell you something in Patty's life and my life. Is God somehow has given us this gift that when we pray for people that are wanting children, they have children. Even the most people are like, wow, how how does that happen? It's this thing, it just, it happens. It's not the only thing, but it's, it's something that we have seen. And not on one occasion, on many occasions. I remember once a, a couple came up, the, they were standing at the front during worship. We were in Josh Jen. And uh, I turned to them and I said, do you want a baby? They said, oh, not really. We prayed for them, boom, two children. Another lady came to the front. She, was, she didn't really want to have a baby because her husband wasn't serving the Lord at that stage. But she called him up because he was there. We prayed for them. Boom, twins. That guy got saved. Sure, look what God does. Quinter. <laughs> God is looking for opportunities to help you grow your faith in the old days it was it was bad because we got married in 1982 and I was saved just before that oh 83 sorry oh this is 40 we've been married 40 years this year and so we we uh, we got I got saved three months before that it was like the Lord must have you know, in the... And from that time, we've just seen God work in our life. But I'm one of those that is prepared to step out and take a chance. Do you know what? If you pray for somebody and nothing happens, it's actually not your fault. Because you can't make people get healed. Only God can. So step out there. Pray for them. I'm not only talking about healing. We've had multiple stories of finances. And I, I don't like to use finance. But we've had incredible things. We moved into a house that we were going to buy. And we didn't have the money. But it was a house. What do they call it when it's... When they're busy? Estates. Where, deceased estate so we only had to pay when this thing was wrapped up so it took two years for that thing to wrap up and thank goodness it didn't come before then because we couldn't afford it so they then told us okay you are going to have to pay in two months time we're gonna have to take a bond out and pay for the thing so we were like we're in ministry We, we don't buy houses Anyway, we started praying one morning. <laughs> Baptize. One one morning I was sitting, we, we used to have a devotional with our kids. And I want to encourage you, if your kids are old enough, do it. We used to sit and we used to pray and talk about Scripture. And I said to the family, hey, listen, guys, we have to get 200,000 Rand. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to afford bond that we need. So all of them were laughing at me, ah, you 200,000 rand, we better be start looking for a house to rent somewhere. And, uh, it wasn't a great way that I got it, but I got it. I had a heart attack, and they put a stent into my heart, and so I had medical insurance and I paid out enough for the 200,000 rand plus my tithe. They were like, whoa. And yeah, yes. Told you guys. <laughs> God can do it. <laughs> he can do it in your heart. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? For me, faith is a mystery. I don't know how it works. I, I, I don't know. What we do, we, we read, it says, we know faith is more precious than gold in 1 Peter 1, 1.7. We read Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith in Hebrews 12.2. If you didn't get the scriptures, you can ask Corinne afterwards. She's got a piece of paper there with all the scriptures on. So I'm going to quickly go through different types of faith. We have temporary faith. Temporary faith. We all know the story of where the seed was sown and they all grew up quickly and then they died. Some people are like that. You sow the seed, it takes and it grows, and then it dies. That's called temporary faith. We need to try and move away from that. Then we have little faith. This term is used by Jesus to describe disciples who struggle With doubt or lack of confidence in certain situations. Oh no, I can't pray for that person. Nothing's going to happen. Come on guys, who cares that nothing's going to happen? Get them. I loved what Ray McCauley, you see I was around when he was around already. Ray McCauley used to say, left hand, right hand, pray. That's all you need to get people saved. He forgot the part where he tried to push, push me over. And I was like, but I saw many people healed under that God's ministry. Many. It was just, there was just such confidence that God will come and change that person's life. As you're sitting there this morning, the first thing I'm going to do is, is I'm going to ask, who is here that believes they have a gift of faith? Or would like a gift of faith? I'm not talking just about praying for anyone. You, you, I, I believe this is the gift that I have. It doesn't always happen, but I believe this is what happens. And so, Patty and I are going to pray for those, and then we're going to ask those guys that we've prayed for to actually pray for the others that are, yeah, that need a touch from God. Little faith. Speaks about the, the grass of the field, which is yet today and tomorrow is thrown into the fires. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Are you sitting out this morning and you have little faith? You're not, you haven't got nothing, but you've got little faith. You can trust God for something. You've got enough faith to get up out of that chair and say, Lord, I want you to touch me. Weak faith. Weak faith is faith that's in easily influenced by surroundings. We know, we know the story of, of Peter where he got out the boat and he started to walk towards Jesus and then he began to sink. Well, I want to tell you guys, Peter walked in the water. I don't care what the 11 disciples said. Jesus, I mean, Peter got out of that boat and he began to walk on water. I want to say to you this morning, all of us should be getting out of the boat and beginning to walk on the water in every situation that we find ourselves. Can I pray for you, please? We come across people all the time. Can I pray for you? Is there something I can pray for? You know who it's the hardest for? To find opportunities to pray. Now this sounds weird. It's full time. Ministry people. Because we are surrounded. By people that are saved. And so don't allow yourself. As a leader. As a com leader or whatever. Not to pray for those around you. Then we have strong faith. They, these, these guys, if you go and read in Hebrews 11, Andrew actually did a thing. Um, uh, he spoke about these guys. Don't waver regarding the promises of God. This is the unshakable belief in God and His promises. Then we move on to great faith. Matthew 8.10, it says, When Jesus heard this, speaking about the centurion, He was amazed and said to those following Him, Truly, I tell you, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Let's be those. Let's be those that are trusting. Someone phones us. Hey, we're sick. What must we do? I don't know. Put the phone on them. You see, one of the things about faith is we get intimidated by people that walk in unbelief. We, we think, hey, I'm, I'm, what are they going to say when I do this? What are they going to say? Hopefully, won't you pray for me? Faith cuts, cuts across everything we know. Believe, seen. Then we have supernatural faith. I'm not going to read all these scriptures, but it's Mark eleven twenty-three, 23. And the part in this scripture goes like this. If you have faith and you don't doubt, you'll speak to this mountain and it will be removed into the sea. Guys, we need to study our Bibles. That word mountain is actually the word oros, like the oros man. You know the oros man? Oros. And that word oros means unbelief. So Jesus is saying, remove that unbelief, and then when you pray, you'll see God move. The thing that's stopping you from doing what God wants to do is unbelief. You're not sure if God will do it. I'm telling you, God will do it. Just keep, just keep pushing on. God will do it. God will do it. And I've seen in my life, God does it. Then He doesn't do it. Then He does it. Then He doesn't. Then He doesn't. 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 And then He does it. It's not up to us. It's up to God. It's not up to us. Faith comes by hearing His word. Faith can keep growing and increasing. Look at 2 Thessalonians 1 and verse 3. We ought always to thank God for you brothers and sisters and rightly so because your faith is growing more and more and the love of all you have for one another is increasing. So you need to grow faith. You need to I want to tell you today Jesus has said Go out there and make disciples, whatever it takes. Prayer, whatever it takes. Go out and make disciples. Don't worry about those around you. Another thing, this is, this is an unbelievable. When we were born, naturally, we were under Adam. When we get saved, we move to under Jesus. And so, longer, so we no longer live by the principles of the Adamic generation, but we live under the generation of Jesus Christ. And if you have a look at that scripture, Romans 5.15, down it says, For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision." of grace and of the gift of righteousness, reign and life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So in Christ, we can do everything he did. He even said, we'll do greater things. Have you ever thought about what is he talking about? You will do greater things. Well, guys, you know what? Jesus, until he went to the Father, never led anyone to to the Lord. What is the greatest thing you can do? Get somebody to believe in Jesus Christ. And that's why he said in Acts 1 and 8, wait for the Holy Spirit because he will come on you to make disciples in all those different areas. One thing that I found, found amazing before we're going to Pray, is that in the word? If you if you follow the word, the disciples often went in front of Jesus, and they prayed for people and they weren't healed. So people would say, "Oh, you can you see God doesn't want to heal," but Jesus walked behind them and he healed every one of them. So who is right? Jesus or the disciples? And then we see the disciples after Acts 2, Josh Jen's favorite scripture. They devoted themselves. And it goes on to say that they, they prayed and there were miracles. From that moment on, the disciples begin to walk in incredible miracles. And so it's, it's, a, it's a thing of, Jesus, I'm, 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 I believe your word and I'm walking in your word. I wonder, uh, sorry, I've forgotten your name. Could you come and just play for me? It like gives me faith. Okay. (laughs) Those people that are trusting God, is it okay? Those people that are trusting God for the gift of faith specifically, and it's not going to be all of you, it's going to be some of you, I wonder if you could come up to the front quickly. And you know what? There, there needs to be a form of accountability amongst you guys. So I want you to look who's in this this row. And I want you on a regular basis to say to one another, have you prayed for somebody lately? Because you know what? If you don't pray for them, nothing can happen. God is waiting for you. Yo, oh, There's lots of ladies out that want faith. Come, babe. So I'm going to pray, and if you just feel, yeah, I'm going to pray for everyone. You're going to pray too. Lord, put, stick your hands up, guys. Lord, this is, a, this is the moment, Lord. Not the content, but the impact that you would have upon people's lives today, Lord. Lord, I just thank you right now that you would come, that every one of these people would begin to sense a touch from your Holy Spirit. Come, Lord. Come in complete. Come in full to overflowing. Come, Holy Spirit. Just come in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. We know that we can't do it in our own strength. But you can do it in your power. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you for these people, Lord, every single one of them. Yes, Lord.